Welcome back to Content That Grows. Uh, today, I'm really excited to be sitting down with Raven Haynes, who's on our team, and she has uh, she she holds the role of content production manager for us, but uh, has a lot of experience in SaaS content as a writer, as an editor, uh, and in this role as well. So, really excited to have you with us today, Raven. Pumped to be here. Sweet, yeah. So we uh, the context is you know today we're really going to dig into. Uh, how to create quality content uh, specifically that's unique from others. So, you know, as we're thinking through this episode, it's essentially from you know prior episodes. If you haven't listened to them, definitely go check them out for this season. But you you now know who your ICP is. Um, you've identified some of the relevant topics. You created a roadmap of topics. You understand topic clusters, and I've done all of that. Uh, you want to speak to your audience pain points, and now you just need to actually create the content. So, in this episode, we're just going to be covering key parts of the process uh, to actually creating quality content that stands out from others. So jumping in, um, you know, Raven, I'd love for you to just kind of give us an idea of like, what are the three to five biggest differentiators um, in your experience between like content that's just okay and truly great pieces of content? Yeah, definitely. So okay versus great great being those pieces that you want to send to everybody you know or maybe use with leads and customers all of that i'd say number one would be um it has a unique angle and insights um so examples anecdotes something that shows the reader or listener or watcher that your company gets it um that you understand where they're coming from and the topic its importance to them and how it plays you know in their everyday um, number two would be it gives your readers actionable steps. So something that they can come away with, that they can act on. So, of course, like a CTA, additional reading. Um, number three would be that it uses recent data. So statistics, surveys, news resources, something that lets you tell your story, but then also backs up the claims that you're making in the piece. Yeah. Uh, number four would be, of course, following <laughs> writing best practices. Um matching your brand's voice and style and all that but then also the mechanical just you know is everything capitalized consistently grammar and style um and then number five i'll circle back to that one but number five um it should include visuals when they're necessary when they're helpful Um, we don't have to rely on text alone sometimes the best way to communicate something is to just you know draw it out so i'd say those are the, the big five yeah Totally agree. Yeah, and I would love to, to definitely dig in a little bit more. Um, if you have any examples um, of a few of those that you mentioned, would be great. But um, if not, uh, love to at least just kind of dig in on that, like r- the quality of the writing, writing best practices, the uh, the importance of like the brand's voice and style, all of that I think is, is super interesting. Yeah, so um, number four, the writing best practices. So that's just having um, your own set of internal writing guidelines and, you know, different companies and agencies approach that differently. Um, a lot of people will like build their foundation on AP style book. That's our go-to or like the Chicago yeah. manual. And then just kind of like brand and style, um, whatever lines up with that. Like if our tone is friendly um, and pretty casual, it's, it's, as simple as spelling out like we either say don't we say don't instead of do not um you know we love contractions uh you know talk to them like they're your friend just kind of reminders as you're writing 
Yeah, and then um, circling back to number one, that's a huge one for us, uh, content that has a unique angle and insights. That's something that we will meet with clients on and do um, subject matter expertise intake calls. So just basically a mini interview and getting their thoughts. Um, we'll try and come up with you know the most thought-provoking questions we can um, to get their opinions on the topics um, and just add that kind of like special, you know, twist of lime <laughs> to every piece. Um, and then, yeah, also giving the writer the autonomy to do their own research and dig into, you know, other pieces out there that are competing with us, other, you know, first party resources and data to see, um, you know, what are some good case studies? What are some good examples of whatever it is we're talking about? You know, like yeah. make a connection to the real world. So yeah, those are some quick examples. Cool. Yeah, I agree. I think the you know, the unique angle uh, insights is super interesting. You know, I feel like for a while there was such a focus, um, especially within like SEO content in particular around like, we'll just look at, you know, whoever's ranking first and write, you know, write more than they did, like write a more comprehensive or longer. And it was all about like the word count and yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It's just so many in so many of the the posts even in the top 10 can often be kind of without an angle or just sort of like I mean, people kind of talk about like um you know commodity content or like you know sort of just like carbon copies of each other and yeah. so um even you know it's easy to kind of hit on the elements that will make it optimized and rank but it's that angle that really makes it go from from okay to great and i think that's uh, been super interesting. And really, you know, whether you're working with an agency or in-house, I think that's just an important step to make sure that's a part of the process of kind of understanding how do you, how do you have that unique angle? Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also building off of that one real quick, like, you know, the best writers are not necessarily the subject matter experts. Um, you know, they know how to take what we give them through detailed briefs and with those subject matter expert notes, they know how to leverage that. You know, you're not always yeah. gonna have an actual engineer <laughs> writing a post about, you know, like the best engineering meeting, uh, you know, agendas or something. So sure. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's a great point. When it comes to content creation, um, you're not always starting from scratch. So sometimes you're improving and optimizing what's already there. So if you were trying to make a SaaS company's um, existing content better, where would you start? And what would your evaluation process be? Yeah, I think it's a great point. And it's it's definitely something that's com I've, I've run into a number of times um, over the years, but also I think it's common for any you know, sort of content marketers or, or marketing leaders coming into a new company that they, they aren't starting from scratch. So. Um, you know, one I think is, is kind of going back to a lot of what we talked about with the, um, again, understanding your ICP, who is your target audience and just really sort of meticulously evaluating all the existing content through that lens. Uh, and just in a few, a few ways, like if you're just, you know, this is our audience, this is what they care about, read a post, um, you know, do you have the topical depth? Like, is it actually fully covering it or does it just feel like you barely touched on it and then ended the mm -hmm. post quickly um the organization of your of your blog and just all of your content not even just the blog content like 
is it easy to understand? Is it siloed into, you know, all videos, all eBooks, all blog posts, or do you have it kind of organized in a way that's easy for your audience to understand? Um, and then also just the overall quality of writing, like you were just saying, like, is there, you know, consistent tone? Is it like consistent capitalization of stuff? Does it feel, uh, read well, just all that stuff I think is important too. Cause you, you may be inheriting a, a variety of quality of writers over the years or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that's like an, an area to start, but really just from your target audience perspective, you know, look at it from that and not just the data of like how much traffic it currently generates. Um, and I would say the, the biggest area where companies go wrong with that is like, when you think about a company that's had a blog for even just five years, um, a lot can change with your product and sort of what you're trying to do as a company. A lot of it's common for companies to make pivots. Um, so not even just like, you know, starting SMB and moving up market, there may still be relevance there, but if you do kind of pivot and really focus on a specific ICP, or you do say, hey, we're just gonna be enterprise only now or whatever. Uh, I think it's really important to kind of go back through all of your content and and look through that lens and understand like, are there things we just shouldn't have on here anymore? Cause it's just very uh, disconnected from what we're doing. So um, that, that would be another area. Cause you could just kind of have this weird mix of like, for you, it feels like, oh, well all the, you know, posts in the last year are all related to what we're doing now, but that's not necessarily how people find you and how they consume your content. So uh, just trying to make sure you kind of think holistically about that experience and not not uh, overwhelm people. Yeah, yeah. Tons of great points in there. Um, yeah. I think that yeah, was- Have you, go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, I think that was a good call out too. Like when your, you know, your feature set changes or just a small adjustment, or if you start targeting a different audience, I, I think like you might think that you, as a writer or an editor, you might see a lot of opportunities to say, oh, we just did a piece about that. Or I remember a piece from four years ago that would be great to link to here, but it's also those kind of like those fundamentals, basically like going back and clarifying, you know, updating a price or mentioning that this feature can now do this as well. And just, it, it, yes. it can be a quick pop into an old piece and update it that way too. And that increases the value and like the accuracy by a million. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah, you just made me think of another, which is a great point that product screenshots as well can get um, outdated quite quickly. So that's yet another area that to kind of have to be able to sweep through, which, you know, certainly for, for product marketers and, and anyone kind of thinking through that and how, how the product is represented is super, can be like super daunting when you get to a point where yeah. you have, you know, thousands of blog posts and whatnot. So there's yeah. certainly, you know, that's probably a conversation for another time on how to have some systems and processes around updating product references across uh, a lot of content. But um, yeah, that's, that's a great, great addition. So with that, like in your opinion, you know, what are some of the like must have ingredients for an effective content workflow. That's obviously something that we've, as an agency, have to work on uh, and focus on extensively because that's a, a big part of what we do. But in-house uh, teams is a huge factor as well. So just kind of going from like having an idea for content or we talked about like maybe a roadmap of, of ideas or whatever, um, 
from an idea all the way through the the piece being published effectively what do you think are some of the the must-have aspects of that yeah so doing the the 30,000 foot view um of course starting with like we've talked in previous episodes your strategy your research the bread and butter to put the roadmap of topics together um then of course walking through that with the client just kind of going through that journey together and talking them through you know what makes sense now what makes sense later um what did we not think of what is going to matter the most to your audience right now um and of course supporting all of that with like our seo tools project management tools to share it um and to start thinking through it as a team and then distilling uh those approved topics into detailed briefs so again the strategy the research um and we also have actually a brief template in our blog that kind of goes through that and i'll talk about that in just a little bit about what a detailed brief is um but yeah detailed brief um do any sme intake if we need to do that then once our briefs are in a good spot um sending them over to great writers so that's that's a story in itself how to hire (laughs) (laughs) how to hire awesome writers in-house freelance um but yeah setting them up for success with great briefs with the details from the clients um and also being available as a team (laughs) for any on-the-fly communication any questions that they have um and getting the piece written off to our editors who do awesome work um and then finally to the client for any feedback for any revisions um and yeah just throughout that entire process um being ready to communicate um being available just keeping an eye on any changes you know the client might pop up and say hey, can we add this in? Or we just scored an awesome interview last week. You know, it'd be great to work that in there. So just kind of being ready to yep. iterate um, and communicating that, you know, we're on a team, like our agency and the client, like we're in this together. You know, if they succeed, we succeed. And the more we share, the better, you know, the content turns out. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's it's so interesting too, because it's, uh, yeah, I think you you certainly mentioned that in sort of the framework of, agency and client, but it's, it's a hundred percent the same in-house because you mentioned like planning and like, is there anything else we need to consider coming up? Like that's very much an in-house thing. Like there are other campaigns going on or other, you know, product announcements or things you need to, to understand coming up. Um, and the same thing with just like, yeah, just you find out recent press mention or whatever it may be that, uh, wants, someone wants to integrate that into the the post you just wrote or whatever. So totally yeah. makes sense. Um, and would definitely love to kind of uh, jump back to what you're talking about with the detailed briefs. Um, in, in my experience, uh, and certainly now having had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people about, um, you know, content marketing and SEO, like anytime I hear someone say, oh, we've tried to have people outside of our company write for us and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, my <laughs> first question is like, you know, well, what was that process like? And it's common that they're they like, well, they, you know, they just, we sent them a topic or whatever, or, or they picked a topic and wrote about it. Um, but there's yeah. no brief. And I think that there's so much that happens in that content brief for, the research, understanding the context, 
shaping the content, all of that. And then you mentioned as well, the, the SME process, which is essentially, you know, SME standing for subject matter expertise, like making sure that we understand the unique perspective of, of a client and, and their point of view on the market or the topic or whatever. So a little bit easier on that part when you're in-house because you just sort of naturally have that for most things. But um, yeah. those to me are two of the biggest things that that take something from, oh, we asked someone to write about this topic, just no guardrails whatsoever, right. to here's a very clear understanding, not like, you know, they still have the ability to, to be creative and, and write within it, but giving them a more clear understanding of what they want to happen with it and the the unique subject matter expertise to, to integrate into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, having been a, a freelance writer, I've been in-house, I've, you know, now at an agency, um, you know, I've, I've seen the whole, the gamut, you know, like mm -hmm. I've received um, assignments or briefs where they give you like, their bare bones, you know, the topic basically, and like an understanding of what the word count should be. And then I've had companies, clients, like give me the full plate, like <laughs> the entire list of keywords. Um, yeah, a rough outline. And so, you know, I do think there's a balance to be struck with the level of detail that you provide so that it's not such a big ask, a big weight on your own team um, to do all the upfront, like the heavy lifting. However, yeah. generally it's like, yeah, when you're creating content at scale, when you're looking for consistency, when you're collaborating with, you know, legal and with marketing and, you know, other departments, um, and you're driving toward these ambitious search goals, you know, you've got to have reliable briefs, you know, you have, you have to spell it out a little bit. Um, yeah. And that's not something that necessarily holds the writer writers back either. It, it lets them do their best work, you know, they know where to start. And, you know, they can save that time um, doing more research, doing more writing, doing more self-editing and give you the best keys, the best, you know, like bang for your buck, quote unquote, um, and also frees up their schedule to keep, you know, cranking out awesome pieces for you. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. What do you, yeah. And I, I think um, you, you just mentioned sort of like self-editing, which I think is a great, great point there in, in that they just have more time to to polish it a little more and, and get it to you. Um, what do you think the the value, so like consistent editing, I think is um, also a huge piece that like drives towards the consistency of the tone of the voice and a lot of stuff like, um, you know, what are your, your thoughts on that? Cause I think there's a lot of focus on like, is it a good writer or not? But obviously editors are a huge factor in everything. So. Love just kind yeah. of your thoughts on that. Having, you know, sent stuff to editors, worked with different editors, been an editor, like, uh, yeah. you know, how how do you think that shapes into the overall uh, aspect of just being able to create consistently create high quality content? Yeah, I mean, I could talk for for the rest of my life about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if I had to, if I had to whittle it down, um. Uh, I mean, your editors are, are everything. They're the last pair of eyes. Um, you know, they're, they're teachers, especially like um, when you have that SEO element in there, like their understanding and their ability to communicate it to writers. If a writer pops up and says, I'm finding this as I'm researching, is it okay if I, you know, swap this out? Like they're that, you know, from an SEO perspective, like they're that go between 
they're the ones yeah. who are going to quickly break down that SEO concept and say, well, we do need to have a section that addresses these points. But absolutely, like if that's what the data is saying, that's what the research is saying. Let's modify it this way and still like reach our goals together. Um, and then, yeah, just from like a brand um, voice and style standpoint, it's it's they're just kind of like that point of reference. They They see it all. It all goes through them. So they're able to just, you know, get everything aligned and looking and sounding the same, hopefully. And then also once it goes to the client and you get that feedback, they'll take it straight back to the writer. Um, and so you can just keep building and improving. So it's so essential. It's so, yeah. it's so key to the process. Yeah, that's great. Um, so then again, as someone who's managed writers and edited content uh, and been a writer, and we talked about the importance of that content brief, uh, and, and what that does for helping create the best content possible. You know, what do you think are you know a few of the like key elements um, that need to be in that content brief for the for the writer and for the best result? Yeah, absolutely. So essential brief elements would be, of course, um, the title and the meta description. Um, that's just kind of can be your shorthand for what is this piece about and what needs to be in it. Um, yeah. a word count range, any key uh, grammar and style notes for the writer to follow. Um, we like to put in good examples of competitor content for educational purposes, understand yeah. you know, what's out there. Um, and then an actual blog outline um, with instructions and they can be as loose as explain XYZ or expand on this header. Um, but again, just a framework for the piece. Um, any important internal or external links that they should include, um, yeah. as well as CTA recommendations. And then, of course, priority keywords or a keyword tool um, like a clear scope and you know, all the other ones out there. Sure. Cool. Yeah, I think it's, it's great. And it really is. Um, yeah, I think a lot of times it can kind of get represented as like, an outline like oh okay you're just providing an outline but it really is like a substantial amount of that research that and a little bit of the writing you know like title tag and some of that stuff like it's a it's quite a bit of the the research component that a writer doesn't have to do because it's sort of pulled in the angle like roughly idea how long it needs to be the um, competitor aspects, the internal links is a really big one. I think a lot of, a lot of times gets missed. Um, so yeah, so that's great. All of that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I can just speaking to the links alone, like I just remember that being such whenever, when I was getting started freelance writing, um, that's like one of the biggest, I feel like I want to say like mountains to climb or something. Whenever you're first starting with a client is just like, even like we were talking about from like a, content management perspective is mm -hmm. an understanding of like what they've already written, what they've already talked about. You know, as a writer, you want to, of course, link where it makes sense and include a couple because you know your writing best practices. So now you yep. get to like manually go through their entire catalog and see what's been done and see what to link to. And that alone, especially when you're, it's a new client for you is just like, you know, hours. It, it could be sure. um, yep. over the course of the relationship. So even that alone is like, time saver they can focus on like we talked about just writing the best quality piece yeah yeah that makes sense and yeah and then from a strategy perspective you know that instead of it being 
a writer or if you have multiple writers and their own perspectives on what what's relevant you kind of have a consistent editor or sorry not consistent a consistent strategist who's understanding here's the topics here's the ones i want to connect from a topic cluster perspective um you know and and has a lot more context than you know any one writer might have um as they're getting some of the posts or whatever just having some of the context in working with that so yeah that's great it makes makes a lot of sense yeah exactly and like don't link to our 2006 weird faqs <laughs> piece <laughs> yeah you know totally. don't do that yeah <laughs> yep, absolutely yeah okay cool well rounding it out we talked a lot about okay versus great content so when it comes to great content who do you think are two to three companies who embody that yeah i think it's there's a lot i think a lot of companies that do well there's obviously even more that that don't and that's just sort of the, the nature <laughs> of it but um you know i think there's there's certainly a number of examples that we can look to for that you know the first i would say is is certainly um, hubspot i think they're well known in in like oh like creating seo content and uh, have have been um, commonly used as an example for that. But one of the things that I wanted to, to call out with that one specifically is that they, you know, we talk about sort of like your ICP and their pain points and like how that all ties to your business goals and, and your product and everything. They have a ton of like beginner and intermediate content um, yeah. for sales, marketing, you know, a number of, of roles. Um, and the important thing is that I think that that fits well with their sort of bottoms up um, approach as a company being having like freemium products uh, and really wanting to just kind of get people in and using it. So mm -hmm. um, be very different if they were, you know, trying to sell multi-million dollar deals top down. And I'm sure they, they have some yeah. division of that that does that, but the bulk of their business uh, is there. So I think that's a really interesting one to call out that it's, it fits really well with with their business model and kind of who they're attracting and then the the relevancy of the product um another would be shopify i think that they um have really been a huge leader in sort of the the wave of e-commerce and like people being able to become uh an e-commerce store or merchant um uh e-commerce store owner you know from mm -hmm from zero to one. So they have a ton of content there. Um, and I think that that's really, there's a lot of really, really quality guides. Uh, you know, when you think about going from never having done it to everything, there's all kinds of stuff with you know, all the email drip campaigns and sales tax compliance and shipping and logistics and product sourcing. And there's just so, so much that goes into it. Um, and I think that their content is a huge uh, like barrier breaker really for, for anyone who sort of feels overwhelmed that they can actually read a lot of that content before they even start up a store or figure out what they want their, their store to be. They can kind of decide yeah. like, okay, I, this feels doable. This, I feel like the, the barrier has been lowered because I have been able to educate myself so much. So I think that's another big one. Uh, and then the last is gong. Uh, I think, you know, they're well known in the SaaS space, uh, especially within the sales um, community, but super, super interesting that they 
just constantly have a, a very data-driven approach. So they're surfacing a lot of unique insights, whether that's you know the the close rate on you know if you mentioned pricing in the first call or not, or any of those types of data points that you just aren't really able to find anywhere else. So it's unique. But also, again, I think it fits very well because they're using data in their content to appeal to people uh, to be interested in a product that will give you data on your your sales calls. So it's yeah. um, I think it's very very fitting, and again, just ties really well. So um, you know, we any SaaS company could do that and have proprietary data, but again, it's just the that one just fits really well. It's a really good understanding of your audience. So um, that's that's a few that I would add there as I think are just great examples of, of high quality content. Yeah, absolutely. And what's cool. cool and unique about all of them too is like they all have such volume and like adoption that they are often the source for like all these, you know, highly or widely referenced um, studies and surveys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, yeah, you kind of get into that flywheel where right. <laughs> all of a sudden it becomes like the the most referenced uh, for content quality or whatever, and then just kind of keeps building and, and the flywheel goes from there. So totally yeah. agree. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's great. Like, um, in terms of like everything we've covered today, and again, the, sort of the context of like, you understand the topics, you understand what you're trying to do, but cr actually creating quality content that's unique from others is a really, really big um, step in the process. And, and not even just a step, it's just a constant um, factor in that. And so um, I love everything we covered from, um, you know, what the elements are the, the key content workflow, what needs to be in the content briefs, you know, the importance of, of editors and a number of other factors there, as well as, as some examples. And, and then also like how to um, approach evaluating existing content when you're kind of joining an existing or yeah, an ongoing program. So um, yeah. thanks so much for, for joining today, Raven and, and uh, going over all this. I think it's super exciting and as we kind of continue through this process, uh, next episode, we'll be diving into a little bit more on like, uh, you know, Raven mentioned like CTAs, uh, call outs in, in one point, but uh, we're going to go deep on that topic of, you know, understanding how to, how to pick CTAs and where to put them and, and all kinds of stuff, uh, in that in the next episode. So, um, be sure to check that one out. Um, subscribe or like the podcast, uh, if you haven't yet. Uh, feel free to visit tenspeed.io slash podcast to see past episodes uh, and uh, sign up to, to get notified via email when we have new ones come out. So uh, thanks, Raven, so much for joining today. This was great. Thank you. This was awesome. <laughs>